Welcome to the Nurturing Podcast, where early childhood is the priority. In our podcast, renowned experts from around the world share actionable tips and techniques, experiences, and best practices for educators and parents. It's a pleasure to have you here, Ms. Jenna. Um, so you were raised in Mumbai and Los Angeles, U.S., and worked in the media industry like you know, with the likes of Yahoo, Times Now, CNBC, for over a decade. Please That's tell right. your life story. Uh, hi, Arjun. Uh, glad to join you on this podcast. Uh, uh, it's not that, uh, that interesting. I mean, it's pretty uh, basic. So I uh, studied in Bombay. Uh, I lived a majority of my... Um, my early childhood was, of course, in the US. And then uh, I, we moved back to Bombay, where we are originally from. And um, I completed my education in Bombay, largely my graduation at St. Xavier's. And I studied uh, journalism after that and uh, always had an interest in being a sort of a person. I I always had an interest in the media industry and in the news industry in particular. Uh, So I studied broadcast journalism. At that point of time, the television industry in India was in a nascent stage, the television news industry. And I immediately, after my post-graduation, started working with a few news channels. And I think I've worked uh, on almost every genre of news there is, be it international news, business news, uh, cricket, for a couple of years. And uh, yeah, pretty much everything. <laughs> Great. That's, a, that's very interesting, I must. So how did the Instagram mom, mom influencer thing happen? Uh, so uh, after the birth of my twin boys, I took some time off uh, from formal work because um, uh, it, it's, as you can imagine, with two children at the same time and uh, with somebody like me who is used to doing things myself and my way, uh, I, I was a pretty hands-on parent and uh, I decided to devote a lot of time to raising them, especially in their initial stages where they need full-time care Um so uh, what happened then uh, is that I decided I did not want to go back to a, a formal uh, full-time media job because uh, media jobs typically are uh, challenging in terms of having a, a, a healthy work-life balance. Uh, so, but in due course of time, I did realize that I, ha- I wanted to get back to writing and communicating uh, with people about things. And, you know, what better to focus on uh, than an area that you're living and breathing through each day. And I was already reading exhaustively about parenting, about various aspects related to parenting. Uh, I was dealing with it practically day in and day out, 24-7. So I felt that I had the authority to communicate my ideas or my learnings and my experience uh, with people. I, I wanted to start sharing that. And it... Um, I kind of started to do it uh, just for, you know, myself. And then I think eventually I did get a good response and people could identify with several things I was uh, writing about. And it sort of picked up from there. Great. So, Mijana, we understand that you've practiced a lot with... uh, with with child nutrition and specifically, you know, as a parent, we of, of course have to handle so many different situations, so many different um, 
tastes and if i can call uh, food swings <laughs> right so what are the core fundamentals that you follow uh so um first a disclaimer i have made several mistakes uh, in our journey uh, with uh, respect to nutrition with my children but i've learned from those mistakes and uh, again this is a subject that is very close to my heart and i've uh, taken a lot of effort to educate myself about it and uh, implement what my i've been learning into my life into my children's uh, life uh, so nutrition per se was something i was very interested in probably uh, ever since the time my babies were born and uh, initially of course for the initial months it was through uh, feeding them you know uh, nursing them and later on once they started solids it was through uh, providing them with nutritious food options so on those grounds i was always very clear uh, but um, you know how to um, implement other practices related to that that's something i learned with in due course of time and uh, i'll come to that a little bit later but first to answer your question um for me i think you know the the core principles of child nutrition would be to uh, offer a child or offer a child who is not distracted uh, offer that child you know healthy food options and those healthy food options need to be provided at meal times of course and snack times and uh, and then we have to leave it up to them how much to eat and what to eat from amongst those options and uh, i think once you do that then it will eventually lead to the development of healthy food habits and food habits that are developed during childhood they most likely you know are retained for the rest of your life uh, this is scientifically proven and you would be able to relate through your own experience uh, so you know a basic healthy food habits during childhood provide for uh, like a foundation for the rest of their lives and it's knowledge that they also carry with them uh, going forward uh so that for me is the core principle of you know child nutrition mm-hmm. yep and with two twins and i i understand you have to like kind of experiment twice <laughs> or the double the effort uh so children can be really fussy with food and and more so when it comes to eating healthier foods uh how can parents get creative with the child's meal without taking a hit on one's wallet okay so um healthy food and interesting food doesn't have to be expensive a big myth needs mm-hmm. to be busted and uh, what what we're most often exposed to in terms of uh, like you said you know organic food or packaged food for kids specially designed for kids uh there's a reason those uh you're seeing so much of that is because they have to be advertised in order to uh you know in order for them to make money out of it but actual healthy food doesn't come with any packaging actual healthy food uh is fresh food is fresh produce and um uh, like you said kids do love you know interesting food and uh, they love colors and different shapes and patterns and all of that can be achieved with you know with just the natural colors that our produce provides and with you know some simple innovations like probably using cookie cutters to even shape parathas or uh you know mini sized versions of dishes that you would uh create for an adult you know kids like miniature things so maybe a mini sized thing or use or a creative uh, plating 
or you know just um, perhaps you know uh, natural colors that uh, food contains like for example beetroot contains uh, a bright red color which can be used in food or spinach contains a bright green color which can easily be, easily be used uh, in food to create a beautiful color uh, and you know uh, children also yeah they like interesting well presented meals they like special treats they like colorful food food can also be made interesting for them through the use of your own imagination sitting with your child and enjoying a meal uh, is one way of making it more attractive for them using your imagination and narrating a story related to that particular food of when you had it as a child or where you first ate this or how you decided on this recipe or what ingredients you used and where they came from these are all ways of uh, driving a child's interest into the food they are eating and um, i don't believe that uh, kids are more fussy when it comes to eating healthier foods uh, uh, i see uh, through the development of healthy uh, eating habits um, children will not be fussy when it comes to um eating healthier foods so you know i often uh, hear from uh sorry to digress but i often hear from a lot of parents uh, who complain that their children uh that their child or children eat too much junk food it's a regular common complaint i've heard <laughs> yeah. it so many times i can't even count but uh, the fact of the matter is children don't actually go to supermarkets and buy their own food uh, they don't really buy junk food it's parents and other adults that offer this junk food to them and then we complain that they get addicted to it or they only want want to eat junk food uh they can't be blamed you're the one who offered it to them and those uh, packaged processed junk food have so many addictive ingredients in them that you can't blame your child for wanting that or for craving you know for an oreo or a laced chip or you know some other packaged food we can't blame them once you've offered it to them on a regular basis you cannot expect them to not want it so if we as adults fall into that trap then how can we blame our children who don't even have the knowledge about it to not fall into that trap no, so i don't buy that argument i don't buy that argument that children eat too much junk food or they are fussy so if we as adults fall into that trap then how can we blame our children who don't even have the knowledge about it to not fall into that trap No, so I don't buy that argument. I don't buy that argument that children eat too much junk food or they are fussy about that. I think if you, as a parent, offer your child healthy food, they will develop the taste for it. They might not do it overnight, if of course they are already habituated to eating junk food. But if you consistently offer them healthy food choices on a day-to-day, -day, regular basis, they will definitely. They might go hungry for one meal. or two meals or three meals but they will not starve and they will not stop eating and they will eventually develop those healthy food habits and uh, i have seen this uh, with uh, respect to my children now it's it's basically leading by example so the what we do that's what you know our children will follow exactly and uh, i'll just share a quick example here like uh, you know we had a, a kid visit us one day and they were they had a packet of gummies and our child was right. like you know what is this we've never really offered gummies to her before right and uh, uh yeah. so what we did was we cut we took a date and cut it into pieces like similar to a gummy gummy size right and right. our child was more than happy to have it <laughs> 
right <laughs> right so i think once uh, your child's taste buds also develop they will start appreciating healthier alternatives themselves so my kids i don't uh, you know of course for the first couple of years i i was pretty particular about no sugar and uh, uh, you know following certain principles even now i'm very particular about not storing a lot of junk food at home and even if i have certain things not offering it to them on a regular basis absolutely not uh, they should know that but they know that when they go to a birthday party i'm not going to stop them and say oh you can't have that piece of cake with frosting on it or you can't have the candy that auntie is offering you at, at that point of time i let them and then you know uh, the their habits have developed in such a way because of the information i provide them and because of the own thing you know their own uh, taste buds that, that have developed is that they don't want to eat that uh, they'll go to a, a birthday party and they'll look at the cake and look at all the beautiful decoration on it and ask for the piece which has that superhero character on top of it and they'll take it with so much excitement but then they'll eat one bite and you know it will be too sweet for them and then they just end up leaving it so i i think i trust them to make the correct decisions now uh you know they often take a lollipop and they have one lick if somebody offers it to them and they they say you know we don't want it anymore so i think uh, habits uh, need time to develop and patience is the key with children and uh, at the same time you know if we keep forbidding them like oh that's bad you should not have it then the curiosity factor will get the better of them and they'll want to have it all the more so i think you know on a regular consistent basis at home when you're at home if you offer good healthy food at fixed timings at regular not not exact fixed timings but you know regular periods through the day lunch breakfast lunch dinner snack timings if you do that your child will uh, ultimately develop uh, healthy food habits absolutely so consistency leading by example giving the right options educating our children about options available are very critical to kind of forming um, healthy habits yeah i i mean and and this is not to say my children are perfect when it comes to uh, their eating habits we have had struggles in the past and i've learned uh, very important lessons from those one of my boys uh, uh, had uh, took a very long time as an infant to transition from uh, you know pureed food to normal table solid food and uh, i don't know you know he is uh, he was uh, if i look at in hindsight he was a very fussy eater if if you know i don't want to label anyone but in the way in the according to the traditional school of thought he is someone you would have labeled as a fussy eater he had an inherent sweet tooth you know would uh, would instantly go to something that was sweeter as opposed to something more savory he uh, took time to transition from purees to solids and uh, he would not necessarily opt for um a well balanced meal at the first go but i was uh, initially it took me a lot of time to uh, accept that and to realize what to do in such a scenario but then i realized it was probably my own mistake i offered him purees that's why he took time to you know transition to solid food um so i i kept you know just offering him on a daily basis whatever family meals we were having and eventually he started having it and uh, likewise when it came to uh, you know even now uh, he might not if i make a salad you know his brother will ultimately say yay oh there's chana salad for lunch today and my other child will be like oh but you know chana salad is not my favorite 
uh, and so I'm like, you know, uh, that's fine. Uh, you don't have to have it, but why don't you just try a bite? You might start liking it. And then he does try a bite. He likes that idea of trying a bite and then he'll, you know, have the paratha and sabzi and just have a bite of the salad. And over the course of time, you know, the quantity of that salad proponent increases. So I think I've learned a lot through him, even though he was much more difficult to handle when it came to his food choices. I've and uh, we've grown together uh, tremendously in this area. He's taught me a lot related to nutrition. And he's, he's taught me to trust him and uh, trust myself as a parent and trust the decisions I make with respect to their, uh, their meals. Great. This is wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that story. And I think uh, that, is, that definitely gives us a lot of ideas on how to introduce new foods to children and not but not as a force, but as like, why don't you try it? Right. So that, that has definitely worked for us, um, you know, as well many times. And I think definitely worth a try. <laughs> so yeah. you called out balanced meal a couple of times. Um, right. And in general, it's considered that the more colorful your meal is, the healthier or more balanced it can be. So what does balanced diet or a healthy meal, meal mean to you? Uh, so a balanced diet for me is uh, a meal that is um, focuses on fresh produce, of course, and a balance of, uh, it doesn't mean, you know, exact proportions of carbohydrates and proteins and, you know, no, but it means that all food groups, all basic food groups should be included. So, you know, you would, your child, especially when it comes to children, uh, they do require uh, fruits and vegetables like we do. And uh, they do require uh, a source of protein and they do require carbs for energy. energy. Uh, so ensuring that they have uh, fresh fruits every day, ensuring that they have uh, vegetables every day, ensuring that they have some source of protein every day, whether it's uh, a non-vegetarian source, if you are non-vegetarian or a vegetarian source like uh, dals or legumes or um, other, uh, you know, you know, paneer or tofu or something like that, or uh, ensuring that they have uh, complex carbs, uh, whole grains every day. That's important because children do require a lot of energy. Uh, ensuring that they have, you know, adequate sources of dietary fiber that also comes from fruits, fruits, vitamins, uh, minerals, which would come through uh, again fruits and vegetables through nuts and seeds. And uh, if you have, if you choose to have dairy, then a good source of dairy, uh, uh, healthy fats. I think uh, incorporating all these into our, even if it's not every meal, uh, on an average, including all of this into our daily diet or weekly diet is important for us. Uh, so when it comes to a balanced meal or a balanced diet, uh, I try to include all of these aspects into them. And uh, you mentioned uh, uh, you had a question about a colorful meal being healthy. And um, so, uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, it's scientifically proven as well that, you know, eating a rainbow helps increase our intake of a broad range of nutrients because getting uh, many colors into our diet essentially means, you know, covering all bases when it comes to vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. Uh, and uh, the reason behind that, there's the scientific reason behind that, and that uh, the color that uh, is inherently uh, present in fruits and vegetables, they come from uh, something called, they're naturally occurring chemicals within food. These, they're called phytonutrients. 
and those phytonutrients protect us from various diseases you know it could be um, diseases related to uh, our immune system or to our eye health or to anti aging uh, properties or to anti cancer properties so uh, fruits and vegetables contain those uh, phytochemicals which provide them you know each color provides a different kind of phytochemical so that's why they say it's important to have eat like the rainbow or eat colorful foods to ensure we get all those uh, nutrients and mr navi definitely realize how how much reading you've done and how much experience or experiments have gone into being being a mother uh, and overall as a parent i feel like this has also improved us as a parent uh, right no true i agree with you uh, uh, it's i'm so conscious right now about my own food choices as a parent because uh, i was not necessarily uh, the most the healthiest eater uh, originally and i too perhaps was a fussy eater as a child and uh, i realized the mistakes i've made and i i like you said children learn through example if they don't see me eating healthy how will they want to so uh, children are great teachers uh, they're not you know we are not the ones teaching them most of the time they are the ones teaching us <laughs> and in the bit to keep them healthy i'm learning to be much more healthy myself as well great <laughs> very well said <laughs> um so moving on to our last question for today so what yeah, are the sure. key signs or symptoms of a child who is not getting the right nutrition uh so uh the very basic um sign or symptom of a kid who is not well nourished would be you know uh, nutritional deficiencies which would show up perhaps very obviously in like a blood test or a, a medical test but also there are other signs like um, it could be um, a loss of energy or a low attention span um, you know uh, it could be lowered immunity if they're falling sick rep- repeatedly it could be in you know aches and pains a lot you know common, growing pains are common to every child but you know excessive joint pains or crankiness uh, crankiness is a, a a big sign of someone a child who is uh, doesn't have the right nutrition uh, hyperactiveness also uh, interestingly is another sign of not being uh, nourished like I, you would uh, see a lot of children who have uh, excessive amounts of uh, refined sugar uh, you would see issues of hyperactiveness in them uh, refined sugar or um, uh, preserved or packaged products uh, you would si- see signs of hyperactiveness in them and uh, on the subject um, there's a huge misconception especially in uh, our culture i think amongst the in- amongst uh, indians the indian school of thought there's a huge misconception that uh, children who are uh, above the 50th percentile or above average in weight are healthy kids and kids who are skinnier or who are thin kids are you know malnourished that's not true and uh, you know often not it's completely reverse and kids who are above average in weight are uh, you know uh, are above average in weight because they have a lot of empty calories and because they are eating a lot of packaged and processed food or food with a lot of refined sugars and ref- refined uh, ingredients which give them only empty calories and no nutrients uh, so weight is not a determination of how healthy your child is or how well nourished your child is so that's something every parent uh, should educate themselves about 
uh, about giving their child the right kind of nutrition and not necessarily trying to get them to ach achieve this perfect weight. Uh, because every child's metabolism is different, every child's uh, inherent genetic structure is different, and their weight and height will increase will increase on the basis of that. But their health and their nutrition will be on the basis of what they're eating. And that's where our responsibility as a parent uh, comes in, in offering them those healthy choices. Uh. Yeah. So thank you for sharing, sharing your experiences, your wonderful insights. Uh, with us today uh, it was a pleasure uh, it was great talking to you arjun and uh, as a parting thought uh, only message out there to children uh, you know to other parents is to trust themselves and to trust their children uh, when it comes to food or making the right decisions or uh, aspects related to their behavior just uh, give them the benefit of doubt give the child the benefit of doubt and uh, when it comes to food always rely on what uh, is fresh and don't get lured into the big bad world of advertising <laughs> that's my only parting thought great i think that's very well put and kind of summarizes everything that we've spoken today thank you for listening to today's episode of nurturing podcast this podcast was brought to you by soko world an all-in-one platform for preschools daycares and parents our mission at soko world is to create super schools and super parents that are aware and engaged meaningfully to deliver better development and learning outcomes for children from zero to six years. To access our other podcasts and helpful resources, download our app Soko World, that is S-O-C-O World from your app store or visit blog.sokoworld.com. Again, S-O-C-O World.com. Do subscribe to our newsletter so you can get news, resources, articles, and templates delivered directly to you to help you with your daily work and challenges. Thank you again for being such an amazing audience. Stay tuned.